Hi, welcome to Detox Podcast. <laughs> I know it's been a while. Um, you can still hear it in my voice, I'm pretty sure. It's kind of like raspy, right? It's still kind of hoarse. I've had a cough and and like runny nose for like a month. It really, really took me down earlier in the month. I had to miss a lot of work. And it still got me. It still got its hooks in me. And, you know, I'm trying to sleep and drink a lot of fluids and just kick it to the curb. But it feels like it's a part of me now. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I tried to record this last week and I had to like pause it every two to three minutes. And the flow was just annoying and off. And I decided not to release it. And I'm going to do it again. Because, you know me, I like a good ramble. And to have to pause the ramble is pretty disruptive, you know? (laughs) So I hope you're well. I've really missed talking to you. I really, really enjoy this part of my week where I sit down and I talk to you and I... And I I tell you about my poetry. It's very healing and um, soul-fulfilling for me. And... um, it was sad to not have that around. I felt a little unmoored at that point, you know? Um, so here I am again, talking to you. Uh, this week at Lucid Yoga, I'm teaching a Friday noon class from 12.15 to 12.45. Uh, it's 10 bucks cash online, e-transfer at lucidyoga.ca slash classes. You can book on there. Um, and I'm teaching the first three Fridays like that, and I might throw some uh, Sunday night meditation classes in there too, if that sparks your interest. And we're releasing a calendar soon. Um, So stand by for all of that. Uh, And then soon, at the end of the month, I am going to Orange County to do a workshop Write and Rise, California Foodie Edition. It's going to be sweet. So if you are in California and you are interested in a uh, super awesome poetry and delicious uh, private chef food, uh, (laughs) stay tuned for that. Um, I'm going to work on uh, getting the event up this week so you can buy tickets to that. Woo! Okay, and yeah, as always, if you're looking for a copy of Pick Your Poison, Volume 1 and Volume 2, you can go to my website, denisewalkerspeaks.com, pick up a copy there. Uh, You can get signed author copies that way, Um, or you can buy it on Amazon. Uh, There's an ebook version as well. So yeah, here we are. This episode is called Solo Travel. I believe it's episode 55, and this is one of my favorite recovery stories. So I'm excited to share it with you. Um, Yeah, it's called Solo Travel. In eight days' time, I'm leaving the north and heading to the desert alone for the first time. And for the first time, I'll be taking a hike alone. I dreamt that at the end of the trail, I would die. I know this would come true, and it would be beautiful. (sighs) Ah, It was... It was beautiful, and it did come true. So here's the story of my very first solo, sober, super solo, super sober adventure. 
I'm like, I don't know, four weeks, five weeks sober at this point in my life. And as I've mentioned before, um, I did a fear cleanse when entering into sobriety because a lot of what holds us back from reaching sobriety is the fear of what the hell life is going to be like without alcohol. What will these things that I do and love to do and enjoy doing look like without alcohol? Can I do them? Will they still be fun? Were they only fun because of the alcohol? What actually are my interests? What do I like? Uh, One of the things that I have loved my whole life is travel. And for a long time, I was stuck in this fear-based mindset that I had to have my partner travel with me in order for me to see the world. But he wasn't interested in travel. He didn't want to spend his hard-earned money on extravagant trips to far places. He didn't want to use his time that way. And I couldn't wrap my head around that idea. I, it was like the one thing that consistently pulled at my heart and was like, you have to do this. You have to do this. You're not living without this. You are like withering away without this. And I was like, well, I can't, I haven't gotten nobody to travel with. The only people I can travel with are the people who I work with. And I don't know if I really want to travel with them all the time, you know? And I want to travel with my boyfriend. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Romantic getaways with your boyfriend. I had this idea in my head. And um, I had to uh, had to get rid of that. That was false. That was a false idea that, that I had to travel with my boyfriend. The only way that it would make me happy was if I was with other people who wanted it. So I have a coworker who who is like a world traveler and he always goes alone. 90% of the time he goes alone and he prefers it that way. So I was always very inspired by him and I was like, oh man, like I don't think I could do that. And he's like, no, seriously, solo travel is the way to go. I'm like, I don't know. It kind of freaks me out. Like I had all of this nervous energy around it. Like, could I really do it on my own? Would it be fun? Would I be scared the whole time? What about drinking? If I was alone, nobody could, I wasn't held accountable, right? I could drink and nobody would know. But he was adamant, Denise, you got to book this, like this will change your life. And I was sick of of making up these excuses that I couldn't follow my passions and my desires and things that I knew would would fill me up and make me feel so good just because I thought I had other, to do it with other people. And I felt like they were holding me back. and It was their fault that I wasn't happy and not experiencing the things that I wanted to. So I ditched that idea. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I am going to go travel by myself. And I decided on Phoenix, Arizona, I booked the trip three weeks before I left. Love doing that, by the way. Spontaneous little trips, if you can. So fun. Because uh, you don't have to wait. You're like, oh, I'm going right away. Yay. So I booked Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I booked myself a car. Got the hotel. 
the whole shebang. And you know, it's scary, right? Because um, as I've talked about before, I, I had slash have a fear of flying that I'm that I'm getting over for sure. And uh, if you are interested in an uh, intensive list of how the heck to get through an airport slash travel experience uh, when you're scared of flying, or even if you're not, um, how to how the hell to do that sober, check out my episode called Blue Heaven, because that is what that's all about. So I do this, and I book the trip, and I know that one day I really want to go on a hike, because I love hiking. I love nature. It's so beautiful. It really fills me up, and and I, I've never gone on a hike by myself before. Again, like, oh, I have to have other people in order to, to do these things that I like. Well, that's that's just not true. So I'm I'm really excited to go on this hike by myself. And and you know what? I booked this trip. It's in June. So it's like 55 degrees Celsius in Phoenix. It's wild. And I love it because it's it's like scorching me, you know? I feel like it's like like trial by fire in a way. Like what a what an intense way to cleanse myself is literally like put myself in the hottest place on earth. And I do all the things and the trip is amazing, but before I go, I have this dream that's that I, I allude to in the in the poem here and and the dream is that I'm having some sort of backyard barbecue party. And I'm in this backyard which is belongs to me allegedly and and these bad guys show up. And we know that they're bad news and they're very scary and they're they're threatening us and they say um, the, the backyard backs into a forest and there's a pathway through, right through the back of the backyard. There's like a gate that opens and a path, a trail. And the bad guys say, you can die right now. I will kill you right now. Or you can, uh, go walk that trail. I mean, seems like a pretty obvious choice, right? Don't want to die at the hand of a, of an evil stranger right now. So I'm going to go enter into nature, but I know I know to the core of my being that once I reach the end of the path, I will die. But I will die at my own hand. And I don't know what that looked like, what that really meant, but I knew that the essence of my entire being would come to like would cease to exist by my hand at the end of the trail. And I woke up and I was like, whoa. And I just knew that when I did this trail, which was the West Fork Trail in Sedona that once I reached the end of the trail, I would die. And I would shed my entire old life and I would essentially be baptized by this river that I was in and be born again into my new life, this new version of myself, this new sober version of me. And so I'm even more excited and I put I put a lot of weight on this, rightfully so, and the whole day was just this intense pilgrimage of the soul for me. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, <clears throat> I go, I wake up at like four o'clock in the morning because you gotta get there early because it is hot as hell. <laughs> Plus to get, to get parking because Sedona is like a, like a two hour drive away from 
from Phoenix. So I'm going and uh, I have this playlist that I've downloaded and I'm listening to. And this song uh, from Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron comes on, the old Brian Adams soundtrack for that. And it's the theme, the Here I Am theme song. And I hear it for the first time in a new way. And the whole time I'm listening to all these songs and there are all these like sort of love songs on, or, or, you know, songs about another person. And I see myself and I'm, I'm putting myself in the song and in the lyrics and it's, it's me talking to me, me being in love with me and, and singing these love songs to me. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's my alarm clock. (laughs) Sorry. It's like, it's like five o'clock PM and I, I work not five o'clock. Sorry. It's, it's three o'clock and I work at, I work in two and a half hours and I work night shift tonight. So sorry. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I'm listening to these songs, these love songs, and I'm singing them to myself. Like, I'm so in love with myself, this new version, and 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 the old version, too, and just coming to terms that I'm so in love with me, and I don't hate any part of me, and I'm whole and awesome and amazing. And look at me. I'm on this solo trip. I'm in a different country. I'm driving a car by myself, driving miles per hour, which is fucking weird, and, uh, and navigating these roads that I've never been to before and I'm doing it all by myself and it's so empowering and this song here I am from spirit stallion of the Cimarron comes on and it sounds ridiculous but the lyrics were so powerful that I just started bawling my eyes out and the lyrics are like here I am this is me there's nowhere else on earth I'd rather be here I am just me and you we're gonna make our dreams come true and those are the cheesiest lines ever, but like, <laughs> I'm tearing up right now just reliving this because it was just so intense, just right there in the middle of the desert, driving towards the end of my old life. And so if you have, if you've ever done this trail, you know what I'm talking about. This is the most beautiful hike I have ever been on a, my entire life. And it's not a hard hike. It's really easy. It goes through a canyon and you cross over the river 13 times until you, there's no path anymore and you're just in the river and you're in the canyon and you're, it's, it's ankle deep and then it's calf deep and then it's knee deep and eventually it becomes waist deep. And I didn't make it that far because, um, the sun was becoming, it was like high noon and I was like, I gotta fucking get out of here. I was going to die. So for real. (laughs) So I had, it took me like five hours, which is a long time because the whole time I was stopping and staring in awe and like crying because the canyon was so beautiful and taking so many pictures. I'll post one when I release this. I'll post it and I'll put it on social media so you can take a look at that canyon. Holy shit. And it was just... um. Yeah, it was incredible. Oh, and so I I drive back and I go to Sedona for lunch. I have yummy little tacos because uh, 
yes, Southwest food, right? Am I right? Yeah. And I had a prickly pear iced tea and it was so good. And I really wanted to shop around Sedona, but I was so tired. (sighs) Like spiritually, emotionally, but mostly physically so hot and so tired. So I, I get back to my hotel and I plan on having dinner at the hotel restaurant, but I just fall asleep. It's like five o'clock PM and I fall asleep and I stay asleep until the very next day. Cause I needed that. Oh, like hands up to anybody who knows what it's like to be so tired in early recovery. It is so much fit, like on your physical body, your emotional body, your mental body, your spiritual body. You're going through so much epic change. It is draining. And I honestly, like, please honor that. If you need to sleep, sleep, because your body needs to integrate what the fuck is going on, right? You need to, you need to honor that. Because it needs to heal. And sleep is the most powerful thing we can do to make sure our body heals. So do that. And um, the next day was my 60th sober day. 60th day sober in a row. And I took myself out for the most extravagant meal. I went to this restaurant called The Mission in Old Town. It's uh, Latin Brazilian cuisine. And I had um, the grouper, which is a fish with these really yummy like Brussels sprouts and quinoa that was like super charred. And I had sparkling water because how luxurious is sparkling water at a restaurant, right? I love that. And it just helps to kick the... I should be having an alcoholic drink right now feeling. It was a really amazing meal. And and I went back and I went back to the hotel. I spent time by the pool. I read a really amazing book. And holy heck, is solo travel the best? Because you can do whatever you want. You can take as long as you want doing anything. You can shop anywhere you please. You can eat wherever you want. My favorite part is getting to pee whenever I want and not have to be like, oh, hey, sorry, guys, I have to use the washroom again. And then someone be like, really? Seriously? You just peed like 10 minutes ago. That is annoying. (laughs) It's a basic human need, and I I don't like being... I don't like feeling shame about it. You know, like I, especially during travel, you don't want to have to be not enjoying yourself because you've got a full bladder. got to take care of this shit, right? I love that part. <laughs> I'll never take that for granted. And so I'm on the plane getting ready to go home. And it's so hot that the planes are like borderline can't even take off, Right. Like, there was a time where after I went to the zoo by myself. That was super fun. I went to the aquarium by myself. That was also super fun. Like, did all this stuff that makes me happy, and I don't have to run it by anybody. Be like, oh, what do you guys want to do today? Like, I want to do this, but oh, do you want to do this? And You know, it's like, 
you just get to do whatever the hell you want. You don't have to get permission from anybody. So, I, I got in my car one day, and I, I was after the zoo, because the zoo was so hot, and I was um, stopping, like, every 10 feet where there was a, a tree, where there was shade. I had to quit the zoo early because it was too hot. And I was like, okay, I actually, I think I'm in danger. Like I, it's too hot. Like I think I might be getting heat exhaustion. And I had to spend like 30 minutes in the air conditioned gift shop to like try to get back my, my, my body temperature back to normal. Phoenix is no joke, you guys. <laughs> Especially for us poor Canadians. <laughs> but we love it, right? We love it. So um, I get back to my car and... There's a water bottle in there because I bought, like, a case of water because I knew. I was like, hello, the desert. Um, and I, I brought, I brought like, a camel pack that carries, like, three liters of water. And I brought two water bottles that were, like, 750 milliliters each or a, li- or a liter each. And so I had, like, five liters of water I was carrying on this hike. And honestly, I barely drank any of it. Like, I drank, like, one liter of water, but that was not because I didn't want to. I was allowing myself to drink as much water as I wanted to and needed to, but I, um, and that's true. That's the, that's a true testament of, like, when you're supposed to stop hiking, right? So if it's really hot or it's a tough hike, you go only go as far as half of your water, and then you have to turn around. And I wanted to make sure I was going to make it to the end, so I brought, like, five liters of water, but I never ended up drinking that much of it. So, I mean, it's good. It's a, sh- a really shady hike, which is excellent. So, sorry, back, and I go into my car after the zoo, and I go to drink this water, and the water burns my mouth. Like, the water has become so hot, it burns me. <laughs> the desert is no joke. <laughs> okay, so we're on the plane, getting ready to take off. We're worried because there's this huge lineup of planes trying to get into the sky. It's so hot. And I'm sitting beside this woman who um, I believe to be Buddhist, and the person behind her is obviously with her because they're chatting, and they have this thing. It looks like a music shaker, and it's like a stick with this, like, circular part on the top, and they're rubbing it between their hands. And it's uh, shaking back and forth. And I've gained all of this new self-confidence and sense of calm and assuredness. And I ask, what is that? And they tell me, they're, oh, it's a, um, it's a prayer stick. I'm like, oh, what, like, what is it for? They're like, oh, it's to, uh, we use it to pray for, um, like safe travels and safekeeping and, um, and just, just prayer. <laughs> and they're like, would you like to try? And I'm like, hell yeah. Because remember, uh, this little Denise is scared of flying, right? So any extra prayer that can be involved is, um, is something I'm going to say yes to. <laughs> so I'm stoked. And I feel like this is fate, you know, coming, coming to my aid. Like, Denise, you're okay. You're chill. Everything's fine. <laughs> Don't worry. It's going to be fine. And I, we, I'm rubbing this prayer wheel and I'm like, oh, I'm really feeling it. I love it. And, and these people had been on a retreat out in the, the desert as well. And, and that's really cool. And, and wow, uh, 
I swear it. It's the desert. It's it's the place to go for like deep healing. I don't, people love the ocean. They're like, oh, the ocean. They love the mountains, but oh, for me, it's the desert. I I can't tell you. It's it's got a piece of my soul that place does. Um. Yeah, and I've been back to the desert once. Uh, the next year, my boyfriend and I, we took a trip, hello, back to the desert, and we we drove from Phoenix up into uh, Zion National Park in Utah. And we did some incredible hikes, and uh, wow, that la- landscape changes so quickly and so magnificently as you take that drive. Wow, and... I can't tell you how much I appreciate being in Utah uh, as a sober person. And yeah, people are like, oh, well, because the Mormons, whatever, you know, I, I'm thankful for it. It made me feel so much safer because they have laws in Utah around restaurants and drinking alcohol. There, You can't have happy hour. You cannot discount alcohol, which I love. Um, I don't think you can take shots of anything, which I love. Um, and if you order alcohol, you have to order food. There might be also other limits, like maybe two drink limits or something like that. I, I don't know, but I really felt safe there. It felt, it felt like some semblance of non-crazy town, if that makes sense. Because here, everything is about alcohol and and everything is sold by trying to sell alcohol and get people to drink as much of it as possible. So to be in a place that that doesn't do that, it was uh, really refreshing. So if you're looking for like a, a safer, magnificent vacation spot, I would highly suggest Utah. It's beautiful. Like, holy hell is it beautiful. I, ha- I have to go back. I have to do some more hiking. It's so good. Um, yeah. So if you're thinking about solo travel, I highly recommend. It is the most uh, confidence-building activity I have ever done. And it was so empowering. And it made my sobriety stronger. And I know... As I said before, like it could be scary. You know, you have um, only sixty days of sobriety under your belt. You're alone. You have nobody uh, to be accountable to, except yourself. But that in itself was very powerful too, right? Because there wasn't anybody. It was just me. And being accountable to me. So if you're thinking about solo travel, or if you're not, start thinking about it, because I swear this is one of the most healing, powerful things that you can do in recovery. Man, I hope you guys have a fantastic week, and hopefully I'm still able to talk at least as well as this, as uh, as we keep going forward, and I can 
record more episodes for you. Okay. Here's solo travel. In eight days' time, I'm leaving the north and heading to the desert alone for the first time. And for the first time, I'll be taking a hike alone. I dreamt that at the end of the trail, I would die. I know this will come true, and it will be beautiful. Love you guys. Have a great week.